You are listening to a message from Thrive Community Church, a church located in Southwest Florida. For more info, visit us at thrive-fl.org. So how many of you would say you got a problem with pride? Maybe you're not sure you have a problem with pride. Go ahead and raise your hands. You, you got a problem with pride? You're not sure you got a problem with pride? Well, let me tell you, if you're not sure you have a problem with pride, you have a problem with pride, and you're in danger, and you don't even know it. And then I saw a bunch of people didn't have their hands up. You already know you're too prideful to put your hands up. You already know you've got a problem with pride. And pride is unique. It's international. It's in every country in the world, and there's a word in every language, in every country for pride. And pride doesn't discriminate. It doesn't know any social or economic boundaries. It's at every level of society you will find pride. At some level or another, we all seem to struggle with pride. Just pride at its basic level. Let's, let's, let's reduce it down. Forget the Webster Dictionary and all that. We're going to reduce it down, bring it down to really simple terms. Pride is just simply putting ourselves over and above others and denying our need for Jesus. That's all it is. We're going to just bring it basic level. It's putting ourselves above others. It's about me, myself, and I, about puffing myself up, making me look better than everybody else. And more important, because, you know, when you're perfect in every way, it is hard to be humble. It really is, you know, and I can tell you, pride is incredibly hard to detect. It's incredibly destructive. But what does God have to say? What does Yahweh, the Lord, the Messiah, what does he say about pride? What is it? From Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. Pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. In Proverbs 16, 18, pride precedes a disaster, and an arrogant attitude precedes a fall. Well, if you're one of the people that just seems to struggle with pride, I'm going to tell you you're in great company because there's a lot of folks in the Bible that struggled with pride. Take, for instance, King Amaziah, king of Judah, one of the good kings, from 2 Chronicles chapter 25. I'm going to read the entire uh, 27 or so verses of that just to kind of give you a, a little bit of information and then we're going to start pulling this apart. It says, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became, began to reign and reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jehoadan of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, yet not with a whole heart. And as soon as the royal power was firmly his, he killed his servants who had struck down the king, his father. But he did not put to, de to death their children, according to what was written in the law, in the book of Moses, where the Lord commands, fathers shall not die because of their children, nor children die because of their fathers, but each one shall die for his own sin. Then Amaziah assembled the men of Judah and set them by fathers' houses under commanders of thousands and of hundreds. For all Judah and Benjamin, he mustered those 20 years old, old and upward, and found that there were 300,000 choice men fit for war, able to handle a spear and a shield. 
he hired also 100,000 mighty men of valor from Israel for a hundred talents of silver. But a man of God came to him and said, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you, for the Lord is not with Israel, with all these Ephraimites, but go, act, be strong for the battle. Why should you suppose that God will cast you down before the enemy? For God has power to help or to cast down. And Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do about the hundred talents that I have given to the army of Israel? The man of God answered, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. Then Amaziah discharged the army that had come to him from Ephraim to go home again. And they became very angry with Judah and returned home in fierce anger. But Amaziah took courage and led out his people and went to the Valley of Salt and struck down 10,000 men of Seir. The men of Judah captured another 10,000 alive and took them to the top of a rock and threw them down from the top of the rock and they were dashed to pieces. But the men of the army whom Amaziah sent back, not letting them go with him to battle, raided the cities of Judah from Samaria to Beth Haran and struck down 3,000 people in them and took much spoil. After Amaziah came from striking down the Edomites, he sought the gods of the men of Seir and set them up as his gods and worshiped them, making offering to them. Therefore, the Lord was angry with Amaziah and sent him a prophet who said to him, why should you sought the gods of a people who did not deliver their own people from your hand. But as he was speaking, the king said to him, Have we made you a royal counselor? Stop. Why should you be struck down? So the prophet stopped, but said, I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and have not listened to my counsel. Then Amaziah, king of Judah, took counsel and sent to Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us look one another in the face. And Joash, the king of Israel, sent word to Amaziah, king of Judah, a thistle on Lebanon, sent to a cedar on Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son for a wife. And a wild beast of Lebanon passed by and trampled down the thistle. You say, See? I have struck down Edom. Your heart has lifted you up in boastfulness. But now, stay at home. Why should you provoke trouble? So that you fall, you and Judah with you. But Amaziah would not listen, for it was of God, in order that he might give him into the hand of his enemies, because they had sought the gods of Edom. So Joash the king of Israel went up and he and Amaziah of Judah faced one another in battle at Beth Shemesh, which belongs to Judah. And Judah was defeated by Israel. And every man fled to his home. And Joash, king of Israel, captured Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Joash, son of Amaziah, uh, excuse me, son of Ahiza, at Beth Shemesh and brought him to Jerusalem and broke down the wall of Jerusalem for 400 cubits from the Ephraim gate 
to the corner gate. And he seized all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of God in the care of Obed-Edom. He seized also the treasures of the king's house, also hostages, and returned to Samaria. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived 15 years after the death of Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel. Now the rest of the deeds of Amaziah, from the first to the last, are they not written in the book of the kings of Judah and of Israel? From the time when he returned away from the Lord, they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem, and he fled to Lachish. But they sent after him to Lachish and put him to death there. And they brought him upon horses and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. That gives us a little bit of background. So let's take a look at this. Amaziah is certainly one who struggles with pride. But did you notice the very first part? Verse 2, put that up please, verse 2. It says, he did what the Lord considered right, but he did not do it wholeheartedly. In other words, Amaziah's heart's divided. At this point in time, early on in his reign, Amaziah's listening to the prophets. He's reading the Torah, the books of Moses. He's getting counsel from the prophets. He's getting counsel from the priests. He's obeying. He's praying. He's doing everything right, but he's not fully committed to Yahweh. He's not fully committed to following the Lord. He's only partially there. But Amaziah is a good dick. Good king. In fact, he is so good and so successful that everything he does just seems to work out, no, no matter what. In fact, he's so good that he's almost the gold standard of kings. He's almost with King David. He's just, just a little bit below King David, King Solomon. That's how good he is. Israel hasn't seen, or Judah hasn't seen a king like this in a long time. And... That success with no accountability. That's just a breeding ground for pride, as we'll see. Because Amaziah is challenged by the kings of Edom. He's a small little army, as we heard, only 300,000 men. The kings of Edom have a massive army. To go into battle with them is sure defeat. That's why he hires 100,000. Soldiers, hardened battled soldiers. Amaziah's people, there's 300,000, but they're not men of valor. They're not hardened soldiers. They can handle a spear and a shield, but uh, they've never been tested. But these 100,000 that came in from Israel, these guys, they've been tested in battle. They're ready to go in. But Amaziah's listening. When the prophet says, don't go out with them, the Lord's not with Israel, but he is with you, Amaziah. In other words, He's the reason for your success. He's the reason that you've been so good. But pride has blinded Amaziah. So in this battle, Amaziah has great success. The Lord gives all the kings of Edom into Amaziah's hand and he defeats them. It's a total defeat. It's a total surprise. It wasn't supposed to happen. And Take a look at what happens after that. Things get a little bit crazy right now. 
after Amaziah came, this is verse 14, after Amaziah came back from defeating the Edomites, he brought, with, he brought the gods of the people of Seir. That's another word for Edom. He set them up as his gods, bowed down to them, and burned sacrifices to them. See, this is where the Lord knew. Even though he knew his heart was divided, divided in amongst all these other gods, because these are the only some of the gods, Amaziah is still worshiping Baal. He's still worshiping Ashtoreth. He is still not committed. His heart is divided in a whole bunch of places. And by bringing these gods in and worshiping them, the, of a people that he defeated. I know it doesn't make sense. Why would you worship gods of a people that you defeated and bring them in? Amaziah is making a statement. It's going right back. He's saying, I don't need you. I don't need one God. I need a pantheon of gods. I need gods that are better than you because I'm better than you. See, that's the pride is starting to set in for Amaziah. And it's setting in really deep. And he's, he's saying, I don't need you. I don't need the Lord. That's a statement. That's a huge statement. That's what he's really saying when he's right here. I'm better than you. I don't have a need for God. I have a need for many gods. I want a God that can handle this. I want a God that can do that. I need a God for every little thing that I can think of. I have a God that I can go to. But he's successful. And everything that he does... How about us? We live in a very affluent society. Many of us are successful in business. We don't, may not say, I'm better than you. Or maybe when we're little kids, we might say, I'm better than you, or something to that effect. But we do the same today. We're not different than Amaziah right here. We'll come into work and we'll say, oh, I don't know how they get a thing done around here. Without me, this place would fall apart. I mean, nobody does as much work as me. Nobody works as hard as me. Oh, we'll do it with social media. <laughs> you got your download. Where? <laughs> you don't know what's going on. I, I got the information. I got the right down. Let me give you all the details on it. Is that what we do? That's us, isn't it? We puffing ourselves up, building ourselves up better than we are. It's pride. It's what's got us. That's where most of us are today, somewhere in there. I mean, we may say do something a little bit different, but we're on that track that I'm good. See, pride pushes us. It pushes us to do the unthinkable. That's what it does. Pride takes us to the point where we're going to be finding ourselves sometimes ashamed, embarrassed where we are. But even so, with Amaziah, the Lord says this to him, sends another prophet. And he says at verse 16, put that one up, please. It says, did we make you an advisor to the king? Stop! Do you want me to have you killed? Amaziah is now fully fallen away from the Lord. He's not praying to the Lord Jesus. He is not praying to anything but his false gods. He's trusting in them and not trusting in the Lord. He stopped listening. He's not reading the Torah. He's not listening to the prophets. He's not listening to the priest because he's telling them very simply, I'm better than you. See all this that's been done, all the success that I've had? 
Everything I touch turns to gold. It's all successful. I am the best of the best. Only David and Solomon are better than me. Nobody else. He's arrogant. He's boastful. He's prideful. I'm going to stop right there because I've got to ask a question. Do you think all pride is sinful? Is all pride sinful? Well, the answer is no. It's not. See, if one of your children were to go out and do something really nice for somebody else, being kind, generous, and you want to just say, you should see what they did, and they did all this, you're proud of them. But you're, and you're maybe even prideful of them, but it's not sinful because you're just letting people know what they've done. It's good to be proud of your children, of your friends, of your family, but it becomes sinful when we begin to elevate ourselves over and above others and we begin to deny our need for our Lord and Savior Jesus. That's what Amaziah has been doing here. He's saying, I'm better than you. I'm better than all my counselors. I'm the one that's brought the success. It's all me, myself and I. And you know what? I can handle it. I don't have a need for one God. I got a need for many gods. I can handle it. And so he begins to pick a fight with Israel. Now Israel is the other ten tribes that left when Solomon passed away. They went on their own. So he's got ten tribes. King Jehoash, king of Israel. Ten tribes. Lots more people. Lots more resources to pull from. And here's king of Judah, Amaziah. Two tribes. Judah and Benjamin. That's it. That's all he's got. Not much resources, not much people, not battle-hardened. But he goes and picks a fight. But Joash says, no, no, don't do that. The king of Israel says, don't do that. You're going to make a mistake. My army was so big, the kings of Edom wouldn't even dare come over here. They knew what would happen to them. We kind of see this today. If you're a college football fan, and I hope some of you are, because you'll, you'll get this one, this is what happens. You get these small little college football teams. You know, they, they, they start off in the season. Everybody's kind of on a level playing field, so to speak. But then, as the season goes on, they get success like they've never seen before. Take, for instance, I'll, I'll pull one out. The Cincinnati Bearcats, probably a little team that nobody's really ever heard of unless you're from Ohio. But anyway, they've had success. And pretty soon, you'll start to see the, the big foam hands come up. We're number one. We're number one. And they're jumping up and down. And, and they got their sides. They're holding them up. We are number one. We're number one. We're undefeated. Pride's coming. They're in danger, serious danger, and they don't even know it. And pretty soon, the signs come up. Oh, we want the Gators. We want the Bulldogs. Bring it on, Alabama. You know, if they were to take on one of those SEC powerhouses, it, it would be a beatdown of epic proportions. And that is exactly what happens to Amaziah at the hands of King 
Jehoash, the king of Israel. It is a total beatdown. In fact, it is a total rout. All of Amaziah's men, the men of Judah, run. They don't even, they're not even in the battle anymore. They are running for their lives to go home. See, pride had them doing the unthinkable. But what about us? Do, do we still do something like that? Does pride blind us? I think it does. Many people struggle. Sometimes it's, I'll just pick on an addiction. Maybe it's pornography or drugs, alcohol. Maybe it's sex. Whatever the addiction is, it can be almost anything. Whatever it is that you're addicted to, money. That will have you doing the unthinkable. It will have you in a spiral, in a cycle. Because what will happen is you'll be too ashamed, too embarrassed to say, well, if people knew that I did that, or I was having trouble with this, or I was struggling with that. But pride has us doing this. I'm better than you. I can handle this. I don't have a need for any God. I don't have a need for anybody's help. That's what pride does. And it gets us in this cycle. It starts with, I'm better than you. I can handle it. And then pretty soon, the shame, the embarrassment, the fear of other people knowing that we're struggling keeps us in this cycle. And it's just a downward cycle that takes us further and further down into sin. And then finally, further and further and further away from Jesus. That's the cycle of pride. This is why it is so deadly. It's so dangerous. And it is so hard to break. But it is so easy to get into. So if you struggle with some kind of addiction, whatever it is, I would say humble yourselves and seek help. Forget about the, the pride. Forget about the fear, the, the shame, the embarrassment. When you're seeking help, there is no shame. There is no embarrassment. Everybody needs help. Seek the help. But right now, many of you are thinking, well, Pastor, you're great. You're going. I like where you're going. But you know what? I'm not one that's sitting there and saying, I'm better than anybody. I know I'm not. And then there's others are saying that, well, you know, I'm, I definitely am not better than me. And I know I can't handle it. I need help every day. And I'm certainly not denying my need for Jesus. So all that you're talking about really doesn't apply to me. And that's the next category of pride. This doesn't apply to me. In other words, the rules, the law, doesn't apply to me. Oh, you can see it. Go down the road. Just take it out of here to 75 or even on 41. It's a 45 mile an hour speed limit on 41. What are they doing? 65, 60. Law oh, doesn't apply to me. Rule doesn't apply to me. I'm better than you. I can handle this. The rules don't apply. The law doesn't apply. Oh, life is good. Life is great. I don't need to tithe to the church. I don't need to give them my time, my talents, my testimony, or my treasures. I don't need to do any of that. Life is good. I can handle it. I'm better than you. See, success without accountability it is this breeding ground for pride. It's blinding you, and it will put you in danger that you don't even know about. 
So that brings up my last verse with Amaziah. This is verse 27. Because Amaziah is in danger, but by the time he figures it out, it's much too late. Because after Amaziah turned away from the Lord, conspirators in Jerusalem plotted against him. Amaziah fled to Lachish, but they sent men to Lachish after him, and they killed him there. See, pride had him. Pride had preceded a disaster and arrogance. His arrogant attitude preceded the fall. Pride precedes and leads to disgrace. But with humility comes wisdom. So how do we overcome pride? With humility, by humbling ourselves. That's how we overcome pride, by serving others, by elevating others over and above us and serving them, being their servants. Isn't that what Jesus did for us? He was our servant, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, King of all of heaven and of all the universe, of all the earth, sitting on His throne, humbles Himself and becomes one of us. In fact, in his greatest state of humiliation, he's beaten, let out in silence, and nailed to the cross. For all to mock him, to jeer him. For a while, it does look like he can handle it. It might even look like he's going to make it. But then he dies. And they just kind of just bury him in a tomb. But Jesus says, no. He says, that's not the way it is. That's not how it's going to be. See, Satan, I'm better than you. I can handle all that you got. And I am the God of gods, the Lord of lords, the King of kings. I have it. I have the power of life and death. And for all those people who believe, who trust, who, who follow me, who seek wisdom and help from me, I'm a generous God. I will give you the wisdom. I will give you the help because I've defeated Satan's greatest weapon, death, with his resurrection to life. And that's the same thing he offers all of us. Whether you're struggling with pride, struggling in some addiction or something else, He offers you a new life, a new beginning. Every day can be a new beginning. Forget the last day. Ask for the forgiveness because that's what Jesus is going to tell you. I remember your sins no more. Forget the yesterday. Look to the day. Look to the future because I've got one for you. And it's probably better than you can even imagine. And that's what he does. He tells us he's served us and humbled himself to serve us. I think we can humble ourselves to serve others because wisdom knows humility. And we who are humble know wisdom that God shows us even more kindness and grace. Scripture says, God opposes arrogant people, 
but he is kind to humble people. So place yourselves under God's authority. Resist the devil, and he will run away from you. Come close to God, and he will come close to you. Clean up your lives, you sinners, and clear your minds, you doubters. Be miserable, mourn, cry. Turn your laughter into mourning and your joy into gloom. Humble yourselves in the Lord's presence. Then he will give you a high position. That's James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10, in case you were wondering. If you're struggling with pride, humble yourselves. Serve others today. Even just simple acts of service, of kindness, of love, could lead others to Jesus, to build up his kingdom, his church, and save their lives. You might even be the one who's that instrument that's used in service to our Lord and Savior Jesus today.